How do I start this thing? Have you plugged the bloody USB in? Yeah, it's in. Nah, man, that's the wrong port. Oh, wait, it's flashing now. Is it re- Oh, wait, it's recording. Well, let's start this thing, fool. Hello, everyone. I'm Amelia. Hi, I'm Sam. Welcome to Ask the Duo podcast, a podcast where we get deep into those late night, unfiltered conversations. We'll be discussing all things lifestyle, relationship, mindset, and more. All right, let's get to it. Welcome back. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. (laughs) To this beautiful, sunny day. Yeah. (laughs) Well, look, we've had a week of gloomy, shitty, rainy weather. Yeah, it's been pretty crap. Gloomy, windy. I just said that. Dusty. (laughs) All the above. All the above. above, yeah. It's good to have something different i.e. the sun, and I feel like it it lifts the spirits, you know? It actually does. Like, I can't remember the actual terms, but, like, morning sun especially gives you, I think it boosts your serotonin or something like that, which actually limits your cortisol, your stress levels, and it actually helps boost your mood. Yeah, that uh, that makes sense. Yeah, don't quote me on whatever those terms I just said. I just, <laughs> it's something around those. So something that boosts your mood and it reduces your stress levels. It is getting very sunny and it's getting hot, so... Very hot and my body does not do well with the heat. Yeah. Speaking of which, we recently just got married, but we have been living together for roughly, I'd say, two years or so. Mm. And I know that, uh, you know, there are traditional people out there who would prefer to get married prior to actually moving in. Yeah, it's it's a tradition thing in most cultures i would say yeah yeah so that's something i wanted to discuss today with you is what are the things that people need to consider or should consider prior to to moving in with your significant other before marriage well i think it'd be also good to discuss the thought process how we thought back then versus now that we're actually living together do we agree with our opinions back then as opposed to what we think now. Yeah. And that is a, a good point because obviously what we were thinking at that point in time, it's going to be different too. Yeah, what thought it is processes now. change, so that's all good. But let's start with you. Did you, what, what were your thoughts, let's say five years ago or even 10 years ago? Did you see that it'd be good to move in with your significant other, like a serious relationship before you get married? Yeah, so I'm a big advocate for moving in before marriage. Mm. And the reason why is because you want to expose yourself to your significant other. I, you want to learn and understand what their habits are and, and just their routine. Mm. And how I felt five years ago, it was exactly that. It was, okay, well, how can I know that I can actually live with this person? Yeah. And, and actually be around this person 24-7. Yeah, but this would be for a, rel- a serious relationship, right? It's not yeah. someone that maybe you've dated for a year, no, two years or it, something. Yeah, 100%. So it, is, it has to be someone that I've been in a long-term relationship. And I mean like uh, three, four, five, six years. Some people have different interpretations of what long-term should be, right? So, hmm. 
But for me, yeah, it, it was that sort of time frame. Yeah. What about you? Um, mine was actually quite different. I was trying to think back how I used to think. I can't really pinpoint what reason there was behind it, but I would say I was quite traditional. How I knew it, and I think how either media families have also told me that you shouldn't actually move in with someone unless you're married, and then you move in with them, find a house and do all that kind of stuff. So I don't have a reason behind it. I think the only other reason outside that I can see is like, from a parent's point of view, if you move in with someone before you get married, it's more like, you know, having sex before marriage, that kind of stuff is maybe that tradition. And that's what they didn't want to see or hear about because, you know, potentially if you move in, you get married and all that kind of stuff and it doesn't work out. It's like, what happens? So I think that's the tradition. Right. But my thought processes now have definitely changed because after going through, I'm talking more realistically, going through planning a wedding, moving a house, and at that same time, we were also changing jobs. And all of that is just high stress. So if you were to get married, then you had to move in and find a house all in the same time. Like I can only just imagine how much stuff you had to deal with just physically. Not just the emotional and like living with someone. And yeah, and that is right because for us at that at that point, it was a pinnacle point because everything was happening at the one time, I'd say. Yeah. And yeah, exactly right in terms of well, the moments, the events that were changing, those were large commitments. Yeah. If you want to put it in that way. Like commitments aside, it's just a the effort and this what you need to do is just physically taxing yep. as well like moving is very physically taxing then you got to plan and liaise with all the vendors and all that stuff with like a marriage thing because i i do I, I don't know if this happens to everyone but i have seen people who do move after they get married it's usually quite soon after or they do it at the same time so they're planning the wedding and they're trying to deal with moving into a new house or buying a new house it's a lot. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But at the same time, in terms of seeing the benefits of moving with your significant before marriage, I agree with you. Like you start to learn a bit more about the other person on an even deeper level, even though you may know that person really well. You start to see more of the small habits that you might not see outside of home because at home, that's when everyone's their most comfortable in their comfortable state. They do everything how they like to do it, and they don't need to worry about how society might view, you know, how they lie on the couch or when they clean their dishes or, you know, those kind of things. But you will see that if you move into your, like, move in together with your significant other. Yeah, and exactly right. It's, as you mentioned, it's your, like being at home is your most comfortable zone, if you want Mm. to call it that, right? So it's good to sort of be exposed to your significant other's, like I was saying, routine, because Mm. you don't know if that routine is something that you can work with or maybe that's something that grinds your gears Mm. And I think it's a good way to to really learn yourself and your partner. Yeah. I think one other thing that I see that's a benefit from it, like most of us that are Asian 
will still be living with our parents, right? And one thing that you can gauge how genuine this person is that's outside of how they treat people outside of home, like friends and that kind of stuff. It's seeing how they treat their parents. And you can see that by living with them as well. Right, yeah. Like if you, like as a scenario, if you did move into one one of your partners, like as in like you moved in with your partner who's still living with their parents or vice versa, like you get to see how they interact with their parents as well. That's a good point. But I'm just saying that because that's actually what happened to me. I moved in with you where you were living with your mum. And one, it allowed me to get closer to your mum, get to know her more too, but also see how you interacted with her in a home setting. Yeah. And I'm sure you thought my relationship with mum's a bit weird. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you have a really close relationship with your mum, which is very different to a lot of Asian cultures. Like, no one, like, you openly swear to your mum. And I can openly say that not a lot of Asian kids would do that to their parents. Yeah, 100%. But I guess my mum used to be like that, uh, where she used to probably backhand me in the mouth. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But look, Times changed and she's more like she's way more open to what she used to be. Yeah, which I find really cool and I really appreciate that because not only are you in a hierarchy where this is your parents and you're the kid, you listen to what your parents say, like you guys actually interact as if outside of that, parents and kid, you guys are kind of like friends. Like you guys just talk, joke around swear at each other, give each other shit, like that kind of stuff, and you just laugh about it. And it's pretty cool to have a relationship like that. Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, that's very off track. Yeah, so it just allowed me to see that interaction, how you treat your parents, because that's kind of how you gauge how they will treat you as well, because your parents is someone that you treasure, it's family, and that's a very important part of understanding your significant other or your partner. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But I just wanted to see some data as well because I am a very data person coming from a creative mind. Analytical. (laughs) I couldn't find anything from Australia, but this is what they have said that about half of the US adults, 48% people say that couple who live together before marriage have a better chance of success of a successful marriage than those that who don't live together before marriage. I can see the like why they say that, but it, I think it's a very broad statement as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that 48% of the population are said to have a better result living mm. together prior to actually getting married. Yeah, and I think I can see why that works out and it's because of those reasons that we're saying. Like you get to learn to cohabit essentially, with the other person, live together and learn their habitats, habits, learn what they like, what they don't, yeah, habitat. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing like a <laughs> like, what? eco, uh, eco yeah. science. Ecosystem <laughs> of, of uh, frogs and stuff like that. <laughs> frogs. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, but I feel like it's such a broad term to make that statement that it's because they live together, it's successful. Because it could yeah. be due to many other reasons too. Look, it's look, it's quite simple in the fact that you're exposing yourself to one another, and the whole point of a relationship is to 
learn and compromise, right, and communicate. So living together alone is is a big eye-opener for anyone because, like I said before, it's all about understanding that person's routine but even the little like little nitty-gritty things that they do that might grind your gears and those things are the things that you learn Mm. and adapt yeah but i did find one more interesting data this is more from australia in 2005 it's a bit old the data but it's still interesting in 2005 66 percent of people agreed that 66% of people thought that it was okay to be unmarried and live together with no intentions of marrying, and now it's grown to 74.9%, and that was 2015. So I don't even know what 2022 would be, but Mm. I can only imagine that that's just continuing to grow. So I think you can start to see that trend of that tradition slowly trying to slowly easing yeah phasing out and also people may start to think that there is benefits of moving in before and it's because of the learning about each other on a deeper level yeah i just found that interesting yeah actually is interesting when you look at the numbers from data and analytical point of view it's kind of eye-opening to see the the changes of how people were thinking you know x x back years ago to maybe something that's more current Mm. and it could be maybe a phase that people realize or a change and maybe a trend or just how relationships are going nowadays yeah and it's good to see that people are open to trying it out and changing and obviously it's okay if you still really believe that tradition that you have to get married first before buying a house. That's really cool. That's that's really up to you and it's fine if you believe that. But it's just interesting to see that there are more people that are open to living with their partners before getting married. Mm. But what I wanted to lead into is like if you were thinking of moving in with your significant other before marriage and you're kind of on the fence we wanted to just point out a few points to consider and what to think about and you know what to talk to your partner about before you move in to help you decide if you want to or if you should or not yeah so did you have some points you wanted to start with or do you want me to start i'll let you go first i think the biggest one for me first one is really talk about why you want to move in together because it really depends on how long you guys have been together as well and I feel like if you just want to move in together because you want to be next to each other more often which is fine but if that's the only reason I don't know if that's a strong enough reason for you to move together because you haven't had a better understanding of each other outside of that, like outside of just wanting to see each other more. Yeah, I can see where you come from, yeah. I, I understand where you're coming from on that one. And that's actually a good point because depending on, like you said, the length of your relationship, that could be a pinnacle point of what's the next steps mm. forward. So... And what is the next step forward? Well, it's either you get married or well, get engaged, right? Or you move in together. Yeah, and I think 
before that, like while you're talking about why you want to move in together, you also need to talk about your long-term expectations or your long-term goals individually and together. So if your goals and your where you want to be in the next few years is very different, this is a good time to bring it up and talk through that to have an understanding before you make this next move. Yeah, 100%. I think a clear, open conversation when it comes to this moment is really important. And like you said, if if both your individual goals don't align, then what if you didn't discuss that and took the next step forward together and then realized that you guys both want different directions of life? Hmm. And that's going to clash and that might cause the relationship to not work. Yeah. So I think it is really important to have that open conversation so that it's out there in front so that you guys can talk about it. Yeah. And I think for us specifically, how I knew it'd be the time for us to move in together, like past the whole honeymoon phase where we're like really just into each other, want to see each other, that's like the first one to two years, whatever it was I can't remember then you have a period where you're just trying to get to know each other learn about each other but then it got to a point where it I think we were like what five six years down but for me I knew that I wanted to be with you more but it wasn't because it's like I want to see you more often all that kind of stuff it's like it's just this feeling that you have that you just want to know what it's like to live with each other and learn about each other in an even deeper level now outside of just wanting to see each other more yeah and that's actually a good point because like if i were to dial back to prior to you to you moving in with me i don't even remember how we even got to that point of saying hey you want to move in kind of thing i think it was Probably because of coronavirus yeah ours is covid so i it's not the best example but yeah. But the, well, outside of the pandemic thing, we still had a conversation about it though. Yeah, we were looking for houses. Yeah, that's right. We were looking at buying and then obviously this whole thing happened and I, like me personally at that time, I thought, well, we're probably not going to get anything right now because everything's on hold. So why not you just move with me? Yeah, and, and that was good. I think for us as a couple... There wasn't much to say about it. It was just very seamless. The transition was pretty smooth and there wasn't anything that was too different where we got so shocked that we argued about something. It was just like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, look, we, we, we had a good transition and there wasn't anything significant that I felt like it was uh, a make it or break it thing. Mm. Obviously, there were things that you did that, I realized and you, I did that you realized, but it wasn't anything that, oh, it's a kill, like a deal killer. Mm. It was definitely something that I could obviously work with and accept. Yeah. But yeah, that was the first point. It's just that you get, so you have your honeymoon phase where you want to be next to each other, but that's not the feeling that I was trying to explain where you want to be with each other more to understand. It's like after you understand each other, then you get to this point where you won't get to know each other on a deeper level until you're actually living 
together. So that was my point where I'm like, okay, I think we need to actually live together to understand each other even more. Yeah. So that was like understanding why you want to move in together. But did you have a point you wanted to add? In terms of that, no, that that was really what I wanted to say was at that point in time, it was about just similar to what you're saying, taking the relationship to the next point. Mm. Right. So, so but, what's another point that someone might want to consider? So deciding on, I guess, how you could split or want to split your finances, mm. like current and in the future. Yeah, that's I, finances are a second big thing I would yeah. say that would come up when you're Definitely. talking about this. Because money, money and finances is a, a, a big thing. I think most people probably overlook because you're so ingrained in your own routine where you've got your own life at your home and I have my own life at my home. So we don't talk about the money that we earn, expenses and that sort of stuff. I think it's also a perspective and a mindset that money is something that you don't talk about, like you don't share that. And I think some people don't bring it up it's because they don't want to talk about it and they feel like if they bring it up, it might be too intrusive, but you just got to think it's not, you need to talk about it. And there are good ways of how you can form this conversation. A good way to sort of start that conversation is, is probably more so bringing up the fact that if you guys are considering in moving in together, it's about seeing, okay, well, what one, what's our option? So if you are looking to rent, it's understanding how much rent is, mm. understanding your income. Yeah understanding what you guys do in terms of expending yeah and it is a bit being vulnerable because you're now talking about how you your how your spending habits are your income you know what you like to purchase as like a disposable income like those kind of things and just discussing them creating a plan essentially on how you're going to do it now and also in the future yeah exactly right and i think it's a it's a good point in your life where when you are taking your relationship to the next level this is probably one of the best well like you said one of the most vulnerable conversations that Mm. you need to have and will always come up in the future as well yeah i can definitely say when we had to talk about finances for us when we were buying this house or this yeah this house I definitely felt really vulnerable because, like I said, the mindset that you don't talk about your money, your finances, that's a very personal thing. And I've never shared that to anyone. So sharing that and trying to open and openly talk about that and create a plan was definitely uncomfortable for me, but I knew it had to be done. Yeah. And for me, I obviously never shared my finances, right? Mm. I mean, maybe, oh, this is how much I earn, but- in a deeper level of what your monthly expenditure is and how, you know, what's your monthly commitments and that sort of stuff. Mm. Like it's, like you said, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty deep. Yeah, and it's also scary because you don't want to manage someone else's finances, but you can't, it's not that you have to manage theirs, but now you have to start to discuss how much you need to put in and how much I need to put in. So you kind of have to oversee or overlook yeah, oversee 
what the other person's doing and then because of that that's how you understand how this new finance plan will work but for me personally why I was scared or worried or feeling vulnerable is because I need to see what you're doing and then we need to discuss how much you need to put in but I don't want to do that because that's me I feel like I'm just starting to control what you need to use as your money yeah and look there's there's a right and a wrong way of of approaching that yeah with like with any other conversation right and it's just having that open conversation Mm. and look there are other people out there who maybe doesn't want to have this kind of joint control of finances right there's some couples out there that prefer to just let the other the other significant other control finances yeah like if you can feasibly do that that's completely fine but this is just as a person as a couple who needs to actually split their finances you need to have that talk yeah, and I mean, regardless of splitting, I think it's still a good yeah. thing to, to have this conversation. Because you can't just assume, oh, okay, you're going to pay for the home loan. I'll just sit here and I'll pay yeah, for all the bills or exactly something. Right, like. yeah. But you don't know that until you talk about exactly it. Exactly right. And, and communication is the key, right? So yeah. it is very, very important to have this conversation. Yeah. And that finances as well, that includes, you know, if you have any debts like credit cards and all that kind of stuff, you gotta talk about it because that will affect your finances. Yeah. But that's a finance talk, we'll leave that for financial institute institutional people to give that financial advice. Yes. Um another one I think is a big one for us is just it's not cleanliness and hygiene. We're both quite clean and organized. But the style and habits and schedules of cleaning, I think, was an eye-opener for you. And also, I had to try to listen to what you wanted to say about how to clean. Yeah, and this was probably one of the biggest things that, like, I at first struggled to understand. And I think that's, it Look, came down to, to household culture, like, the way I was brought up. I was always taught to be like this. Mm. So I think that so for an example, uh, I am very cleanly in the fact that I'm active at cleaning. So if I am using something, I'll clean it straight away and I'll put it away. Anything in relation to just cleaning, I'll do it straight away. Yeah. And then whereas for me, it's not just cleaning. I'm a person who is all about efficiency. So I would bulk everything that I do into one group so say I have like I ate breakfast I had a plate like one plate isn't worth me to clean it straight away and put it away I'll have I'll wait till maybe lunchtime I've had lunch then I'll clean it one one go like I'll dedicate my time to clean everything in one bulk same thing with like replying to emails I don't want to type an email reply to one do some work jump back into email like I like to let that email accumulate a little bit, then I can dedicate my whole entire time where I'm 100% focused and just reply to all the emails. That's just how I am. It's more efficient to me that way. Like for me, I personally feel more efficient because I feel like if you had to jump in and out, in and out and do all that kind of stuff, I feel like you're wasting a lot of time. Yeah, which I agree. Uh, And look, it it comes down to what the task is specifically. Yeah, like obviously the task also does depend, like it does change how you do that. And I think, it. yeah, the tasking is what will dictate 
how you can time manage and whether or not you can bulk or mass bulk. So I think that was a massive opener for me because I'm sharing stuff with you and sharing stuff meaning I need to make sure that when it comes to time that you need to do something or you need to use something that I've just used, I want to make sure that you can use it without, I guess, hindering your capabilities of doing something. So initially it was a big shock for me because I was always taught to be cleanly in the fact that you need to consider what other people would need to use after the fact of me using it. Yeah, but I think it's also just understanding how you see what is messy and how I see what is messy. So my understanding of messy was like, for example, if we're using this cleaning the sink situation, it's like piled up to the max, like that's messy. But your messy is even just plates, bowls, a few cups in there where it's not full, but it's definitely got a few things in there and you would consider that as messy. But I, our understanding of it was very different. So it's just understanding that too. So I think this is a good point to bring up to your partner and maybe discuss cleaning schedules or how you would like to clean things. Mm. Or Who's going to take out the bin? Who's going to do this and that? And I think it's a good schedule to have too because you both have your own individual routine. So it is a it's a very important thing to have that con- kind of conversation. Yeah, and also just to understand how often or frequent, like say doing the laundry, some people might do it once a week, some people might do it every night, like it really depends and just understanding that and then come again, come to a plan and be like, how will we do this now that we're going to live together? Yep, exactly right. Yeah, so that was one point. The next one is, well, we've already covered, we were going to talk about splitting out house duties, but that kind of falls together. I think another one would be creating a home together and how you would do that. So that's including maybe the cooking or how the interior, all that kind of stuff, because you want to make your home feel like a home, but everyone has their own style too. Yep, correct. So understanding that is also really important. Yeah. Uh, so this one was, I guess it was a pretty easy thing for us. Yeah. Thankfully, we both have similar styles in terms of decor. Yeah. For me, I, I'm not, I'm not too picky. I'm pretty simple and we have the same sort of taste when it comes to decor. So that was really easy where, and you you take that initiative, which I'm happy for you to do whatever you want to do because I know that what you do is what I like too. Mm, and I think as even though, yeah, I knew that you were fine or easygoing, but I still made it a point that I come and ask you what you thought about it, even though, yes, I could pretty much assume that you'd say yes, but I'll still be like, hey, I'm thinking of getting this. What do you think? I would still communicate to you. I wouldn't just be like, I'll just buy this. Yeah, 100%. And I think it, it is important still to, to have that uh, question or conversation mm. about it. Because if I didn't, let's just say I didn't like your style, I would still want to know what you're doing. Mm. And it would suck if you took the initiative and did it. And then yeah. I saw, oh, what the fuck is this shit? It looks like shit. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to cause an issue. Yeah. But in terms of additional to that, creating a home together, bringing it a little bit back about the household culture so like how you've been brought up to do certain things around the house like for example wearing shoes in the house like for us we don't wear shoes in the house because we've been brought up that way 
but some people might have different like one family might be okay with shoes in the house and one isn't so just be mindful of any assumptions just because you've been brought up or lived doing things in the house a certain way you can't assume that everyone does it the same yeah 100% and I think it's a good thing to have that conversation too in if there is something that you see that you're not comfortable with or you don't like it's a it's just about having that conversation mm. and there, look there's a right and a right a right and a wrong way of saying it mm. like I was saying before so being sensitive in how you approach that conversation yeah so how this ties back into moving in with your significant other before marriage I think sometimes you can discuss these things but there are a lot of things that you might even forget yourself because it's just a habit that you've been doing for so long that you don't even realize so when you live with someone, then you can actually see these things outside of the discussion. And it's not because they were hiding it from you. They just honestly didn't think that it was something that was so different that they need to bring up. So when you live with someone, you can see these small little habits that even they didn't realize. Yeah, 100%. And it's just about picking that up and, and having that conversation, right? So Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing. Like just talking about how you were you would potentially want to create a home together for now and also in the future. Like do you want plan to rent now and maybe build a home later or do you want to stay in this house for a long time and how would you create that space? Yeah. And the next point is about more so how how do you consider like handling your stress? Because everyone handles this handles their own individual stress differently Mm. and specifically to that it's like well when you're stressed are you emotional are you aggressive and it's about being mindful of how you are acting in a joint environment yeah and i think this is also important and why i think this is good to have as a point to consider when you're moving in with a significant other in a house setting it's because when you handle stress outside of home I feel that it can be quite different because you have a filter up like you know that you have to you can't lash out on someone for example which hopefully no one really does but like you have a filter where you know that you have to respect people and all that kind of stuff whereas at home that's when you are more relaxed and you tend to deal with your stress at home in a different way as opposed to how you do it outside, if that makes sense. Yeah, and what I was saying is being mindful about how you how you express yourself, right? So for an example, when I'm stressed, sometimes depending on my stress level, sometimes I am quite short in the fact of, my answers or maybe how I treat certain people and Mm. sometimes that would reflect back on you Mm. and you obviously let me know as to why the fuck am I being a dickhead Mm. so and and at the at the same moment I'm not realizing it because I'm obviously so focused on whatever that's affected me yep so it's just being mindful of how how you obviously handle that stress yeah and understand that you're going home to a joint environment yeah and that's why i was saying like when you're outside you tend to not do that because you're either with colleagues or with friends and you have that filter out where you're like okay i shouldn't do that but then once you get home 
you do kind of let a bit of that short temper out. Like obviously not saying that you do it as a constant thing, but it can happen. So that's like having an understanding of that before it happens, I think would be very helpful. So that now I'd be like, okay, he is actually really stressed and that's maybe why he's short tempered. Then I can bring it up to you rather than being shocked and then it creates an argument. Then you start arguing over it because you don't know where this came from. Yeah, and and it's about having that conversation too because – if I am stressed, you'd ask me, oh, what happened at work? And yeah. then one, it, it you're talking to me and it helps me release. Mm. And two, it also helps you understand my mood. Yeah. And that routine on that. So. Yeah. So that's a really good one. And uh, we did talk about this already, but just get vulnerable. And I think vulnerable in this situation is more like, Talk about what you might be afraid of after you move together. Like what are some fears that you might be thinking might happen? And if you know that, then at least you as a couple can tackle that together or have an understanding and watch out for it. Yeah, uh, it, it that's actually a really good point too because being vulnerable is the only way that you can better yourself. Mm. And being in that relationship or a relationship is all about working together mm. and, and improving each other and supporting yeah. each other. So I've been seeing a lot of these motivational speeches and quotes where it's like to build a relationship, you need to be vulnerable because if you're going to have a guard up, people won't have a better understanding of you and then you can't really openly discuss the things that either you're scared of or your worries and that kind of stuff, which is all part of learning about each other. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for us, my fear was more like, because you know how they say like, when you have time apart, you get to miss each other more, but it's like once we've moved in together and we're seeing each other each day, as an example, my fear was like, will you start to not miss me as much or you won't give me yeah like get sick of me or you don't give me that attention, like that's the kind of fear, and I did voice that to you, so it's like, making the understanding that I don't I do have that fear that if we see each other more like to still do things together mm. even though we're in the same house yep yep no that that uh that definitely does make sense and I think it's a, a really big thing that could be a fear thing from that particular partner too because they're not I think they're they're probably more restricted to to have that conversation with the with their significant other as well, mm. because they think that potentially it's going to scare them away. Yeah. I think it's a good conversation to have. Yeah, I think a lot of the struggles that people have is they have a fear of you know, either the person running away or now seeing their true person on a deeper level, and that they're going to now not like them. But I think either way, if you show your true self and they're still there, then it was, yeah, it was worth the talk. But if you're being your true self and they didn't end up liking who you are, it's not your problem. Like you are being you, you've done what you can and that person just didn't align or fit with you. Like they're not a good or a bad person. They just didn't align with how you do things and it was just too much for them where they didn't want to compromise yeah. and that's completely fine but some people may choose to compromise and that's even better now you're working together as an even better couple yeah 100% so yeah. that was our main tips 
to consider in relation to what things that we all should really think about prior to to moving in before getting married, right? Yeah, I'm sure there's more points out there, but these were some of the ones that we considered. But let's just quickly sum it up. So first one is essentially just talk about why you want to move in together and also that would lead on to discussing your finances and potentially how you want to split it currently and also in the future. And if you have any debts, just openly talk about it. There's nothing wrong with having debts, you know, credit card is a debt as an example so just talk about that kind of stuff and it is a vulnerable thing to talk about but it needs to be done and there are right ways to talk about it so once you start to talk about it it will get easier discussing cleaning routines or household duties and understanding how people how each other like to do these duties and understand how they like that to be done and seeing if that works with you or if it's the same or if it's different and if it's different how will we work around this how can you guys both come to create a home together whether it's sharing different decor styles and and food and that sort of stuff right and it's important to have that conversation because everyone's tastes are going to be different right and then the rare occasion where you both like each other's style then it's a win yeah and also that as well like creating a home together everyone is brought up differently so just having an understanding of their household culture how they've been brought up and the habits that they do and just interesting to learn off each other in that manner yeah consider how you handle stress every individual handles stress in a different way so it's a good conversation and even being attentive to how your partner is acting mm. when it comes to that moment Yep. Be vulnerable. Discuss the fears when you guys are moving in together. So I think it's a very important conversation to have so that you both know, one, how to really understand each other's fears or weaknesses potentially and learn from that together. Mm-hmm. And help each other grow. Exactly right. That's it. And if you guys have other points to consider, we'd really love to hear it. I'm sure other people would love to see some other pointers to help them out if they're considering moving in with a significant other, whether or not they're going to get married yet. But it's still interesting to think about. Yeah. And drop a a comment or a slide into our DMs if there's any particular topics that you guys would love us to to have a discussion about because we're very open to that. Yeah, let us know. It'd be cool to see what you're interested in hearing too. Yeah. That's it for now. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much. If you have reached to the end, we really appreciate you for tuning in. And if you'd like what you hear, please share it with your friends or family and subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you are listening to. Make sure you share any topics you'd like us to cover or questions you might have to our Instagram. Slide it into our DMs. Bigger, bigger. You can also stay in the loop of all the behind the scenes and the release of our new episodes there too. Our Instagram is Ask the Duo Podcast. That's A S K T H E D U O P O D C A S T. Man, feels like I'm in a spelling bee competition right now. <laughs> All right, that's it for now, and we'll see you back here for our next episode. Bye. See ya. Bye.